relaxed, sophisticated way to have really good food at affordable price. I mean, they have wine. I mean, I, I studied for my wine diploma, so... Food and the wine. Coffee. Welcome to Set Meals, a weekly chat show about the moments that surround mealtimes. I'm Taylor Fawcett. And I'm Samuel Ashton. And if you've stumbled across this production-heavy, food-heavy, and frankly, presenter-heavy podcast, welcome. Perhaps you're in your kitchen right now, popping your M&S lambooner in the oven. In the office, scooping cottage cheese onto a dry rivita. Sat on the tube as the guy next to you drinking a Red Bull takes his socks off. Or in prep, asking the guy behind the counter for your macchiato for the third time. Sorry, I'm going to be late. It's that guy in prep again. He's so bad at his job. We thank you. Think of this podcast, Set Meals, less of a food podcast per se, but a chat show led by the insatiable hunger of its hosts. We're freelancers working in London's creative industry, two friends that spend an unruly amount of time traipsing around Chinatown, trying to find cold beers and dumplings at 3pm on a Wednesday afternoon. Freelancing. And with that constant need to snack, we thought we were pretty well placed to share our experiences, take you along for the ride and give something back. In exchange for some sort of ad revenue at some stage, hopefully. Last week, we got season two off to a flying start, sitting down with Missy Flynn and Gabriel Price of Bodega Rita's. Yes, the owners of the King's Cross Sandwich Shop talked all things between bread, as well as showing us some seemingly awful karaoke efforts. Absolutely terrible. Terrible. So if you've not checked out season two's inaugural episode, skip back and check it out. Missy and Gabe were a foul-mouthed delight. Our kind of people. Oh, and aside from giving you the high-quality food chat, feel free to check out our social channels. At Set Meals Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram for visual delights that audio features simply can't deliver on. So, it's another intro completely nailed. Let's get into the show. Here we are. The temperature in the studio, still at an all-time high. Pipe in, but it is pissing you down with rain outside today. It's absolutely miserable. So there is some sweet relief, unlike a few days ago where it was... Stiflingly hot. Awful. It was, all the time. It was as hot as the chicken vindaloo sandwich from uh, episode six, season yeah, one. My skin felt like the inside of my mouth felt on that day. I went to see The Lion King last night. Ah! How was that? Uh, yeah, good. I enjoyed it. I thought they copied the first one. Well, yeah, you, you you sort of hope so, though. Yeah, and you know how much I love a cinema. I love a popcorn. I love a big fizzy drink. Yeah. What was your uh, What was your order? I just went had pasta just before I went out. What what pasta? It was Marmite pasta. <laughs> the the Italian classic. What uh, region of Italy is that from? Uh, it's a Marmitio. Uh, <laughs> nice. It's from the Marmitio. It's uh, the south of the Dolomites. Okay. Yeah. So it's a northern dish. The Dolomites, maybe. The, oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's Marmite pasta with loads of cheddar cheese on it. Don't judge me. Is that a thing? Is that a Have thing? Have you never had it? No, obviously not. Obviously M- not. There will be plenty of listeners. I don't believe you. Who? I, I'm, I'm going to flat out cut in there and say that is bullshit. I don't believe you. Saucepan. Just cook your pasta like normal. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Drain your pasta. Loads of butter. Like loads of butter. I didn't even feel guilty because I've been eating really well recently. Loads of butter. A loads of marmite. You've got to put quite a lot in there. Just plonk it in. Just mix it all in. And the marmite kind of like oh, melts. Hey, thanks for that really like, comprehensive breakdown <laughs> of what marmite pasta was. <laughs> what else do you say you're putting in there? You say chilli in there? Cheddar cheese. Oh, Jesus. But you have to grate it big. You know how... It, you know, yeah, right, I know. Right. Exa- I know you you've you've made pasta. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I've, I've forgotten parmesan. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to grate cheddar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grate it on the small side of the grater to make it look a bit fancier. Oh, no. Fuck that. No, if you... Like... I don't know. You make a really nice pasta and then you forget the cheese. Yeah. That's a hack. 
It's just grating cheddar on the small yeah, okay, side because it okay. makes it look a bit fancier. Okay, fine. Marmite pasta, you've got to go full big. Big guy. Yeah. Isn't Marmite... Um, yeast. Yeah. Yeast extract. That's it, isn't it? I think that is basically it. So you've had yeast and... Carbs. White pasta, white pasta, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It won brown pasta. No, it has to be like... Uh, Tesco dry white pasta. Yeah, but it has to be like bows yeah. or shells. And you have to refer to them as bows or shells okay. rather than the Italian names. Yeah, okay, fine. So you're, you enter the cinema, you're all stocked up. A small popcorn. Yeah. And a medium Diet Pepsi. I love Diet Pepsi because it tastes really syrupy. It tastes closer to... You know all the new Cokes and Colas that are coming out that taste like sweets? Yeah, like Roller Cola. It, the, the new co- like, I don't like I don't like it. I don't, oh, really? Nah, I don't like it. Coca-Cola or nothing for me. You're, so not you, feel, you're not feeling guilty about ordering a Pepsi Max at the cinema? Like a fizzy drink? Why? You're a bit older now, you know. No? No. But every time I've been there and I've had a beer or a glass of wine and done the adult thing, I've fallen asleep. I've slept through. I slept through the whole of Blade Runner. Yeah, I mean, that, to be fair, to be honest, to be it's fair, not hard. you know the Rainy Mood app. They should have Mate. a Blade Runner setting because, honestly, it's so mellow that film. There's a bit in the new Blade Runner where uh, Harrison Ford comes in through a door and he's trying to get to Ryan Gosling's character on the other side of the room. And I watched him walk through the door. I fell asleep probably for about 25 minutes. <laughs> I woke up and he's still not made it to the other <laughs> side of the room. That's how boring it was. It is not a great movie. And I like popcorn. Sotty? Uh, I mix it. I mix it up. I get bored otherwise. Can you do that in the cinema? Do they let you go half-half, guy? Yeah, just say mix. But do they mix it through? Yeah, or do so you have like a layer, layer? Salt, layer. Ah, okay. I never do Which that. Which is great because you're watching the film, you're watching the film, they're like, no. oh. Oh, this is new. Interesting. It just gives you a bit of a refreshed. You yeah, know. keeps you awake. Nice. Terrible eating there for the start of a food podcast. I did see some f- fucking interesting food news. Go on then. Shake Shack. It's happening. Airports. Gatwick North Terminal. Wait, you're going to talk about food in airports? That's unlike you. How dare you? It's like a national disgrace how how, few McDonald's there are in UK airports. Gatwick, they're finally getting somewhere that's decent. Interesting because the saving grace of South Terminal has always been Nando's. Mm -hmm. North Terminal... I can't, I can't like say Gatwick is shit and Shake Shack is not. So, although it is very expensive, it's dangerous because when you go to the airport, money just becomes like obsolete. It just doesn't matter. You're in full holiday mode. You're like, I don't, I'm happy to pay 17 quid on a burger and chips and a Coke. So, whatever. Uh, The uh, Eat It article I was reading when I saw that Shake Shack were going to open, they quote, London's record for lamentable food and drink options in its main travel hubs. (laughs) So, yeah, maybe you can take me for my first ever Shake Shack. At the airport, it's on you, including the holiday and the flights we have to get to make that happen. I don't think that's uh, remotely fair. Speaking of firsts, mm-hmm. you had a first, well, a second, but I feel like it was an adult yeah, first for you. I think so, yeah. I think so. We went to IKEA for dinner. <laughs> yeah. The dizzy heights of food podcasting. Mm-hmm. Following a, uh, a conversation we had on WhatsApp mm-hmm. during the week, um, it transpired that we had very different views about IKEA meatballs. I don't think I can say I've really tried them. I had them once ages ago, and I'm I'm almost certain it gave me food poisoning. So I'm not, I don't really feel like that's a valid uh, a valid effort. What? Whenever I think of IKEA meatballs, it freaks me out. It grosses me out mm. a little bit. I just do not look forward to them at all. Yeah, if you've eaten something that makes you feel shit, you don't want to... No, you can't let that thought yeah. go, can you? So we went to Ikea Edmonton mm-hmm. slash Tottenham. Tottenham. Dizzy Heights of Tottenham. 
and we did not browse the showroom. No browsing here. Not at all. The reason we were doing this is because I find it fascinating that a, a store that is fundamentally not really anything to do with food, mm-hmm. other than the fact that they sell kitchen stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's a stretch. Has made the food arm of their business so successful. Matt, I'd argue as famous as their homewares. Maybe, yeah, because it always gets a mention in a conversation about Ikea, right? Yes, I will have the Plopenlugen, and don't skimp on the doodle munch. I bought a magazine when we were in Tokyo that was Fair. all about Ikea, yeah. which I'm still halfway through reading. Uh, and there was some quite interesting stuff, food stuff in there, which we'll get to. But you did some, uh, you did some really good um, I've, public I've... relations with the team at IKEA. Managed yeah. to get them to send you some info. Yeah, I was, I was really hoping to get somebody from IKEA on the phone. Yeah. But it, look, it wasn't to be. The pod wanted it. The pod did did not get. All right. <laughs> the woman from the lovely lady Vera from IKEA sent me an information pack from which I have garnered some facts. 1994, all IKEA restaurants started to serve meatballs as part of their official IKEA concept. I mean, that's a year after I was born. Four years. They basically they saw me coming. Yeah, and they thought, "Oh, this guy is going to be in a lot of meatballs. We might as well just make it a thing in all." all Get him done. Uh, IKEA Hyderabad, India, biggest IKEA restaurant with a thousand seats. That is mental. Uh, 680 million people ate IKEA food in 2018 alone. That is insane. That's bonkers. Imagine this then, right? 100 million hot dogs sold worldwide. 100 million hot dogs. But you see that, I find that confusing because if 680 million people ate at IKEA, mm-hmm. I don't know, if you leave IKEA and you don't have a hot dog on your way out, you're a heathen. See, I don't know because... They're 75p, Sam. They are cheap. They They're are very cheap. They are very, very cheap. But I mean, 2.15 And you can just put your own mustard and ketchup on it, which arguably is the best bit. Mm, I don't get excited about a dog. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like them. I, I think they're a bit second rate. They're not, they're not a burger for me. Oh, for me, that ratio is all off though. Only, only one in six people eating a hot dog. Are you mad? Fair. Oh, well, to be honest, I'm eating, I'm eating at least two when I'm there. So that's, that should be 200 million at least. Because there must be more people like me. Are you going dogs over meatballs or meatballs over dogs? You had to pick one. Meatballs and dogs, Sam. No, if you had to pick meatballs one. Meatballs and dogs. You have meatballs at the beginning, you have dogs at the end. All right, fine. Um, and ice cream and uh, sort of apple fart or whatever it's apple called. Apple fart? Probably not allowed to do dime, that. Right. Dime bars? Do you know what? Dime's good because dime's rate, uh, chocolate to sort of in, in, inside ratio is completely off, but it's the, only, it's the only chocolate bar that really carries it off. So sorry, how much money are they making? 2.15 billion. Euros, I assume. And that's just the restaurants. A lot of money. A lot of cash. I think I read that. Is it 5% of their... Yeah, 5% contribution to the total IKEA turnover. I mean, they are making bunts. So as I was just saying, you have meatballs at the front, hot dogs at the back. I got my hot dogs in the back. I've been reading in this magazine loads of stuff about the way that they position the restaurant stuff in the stores. Because it's actually really interesting. So I don't know if you've ever really thought about it. When you go in, every IKEA you go to, the main restaurant, the sort of canteen mm-hmm. where you get your meatballs yeah. and your open salmon sandwiches and stuff, is at the cro- right at the cross section of the end of the showroom and the beginning of the marketplace, which yeah. is the bit where you go through and you put all your stuff in your trolley, right? And it's also right by the front door. The idea is supposed to be either you go there at the beginning of the day, the restaurant opens half an hour before the store opens. So you go there at the beginning of the day, you have a coffee, you have a bit of breakfast, and then you start your IKEA shop, right? Or you go there, you have a look around the showroom, you write down all the stuff you want, and then you sit and you eat and you review your list of things you're going to buy. Makes sense. And then you go and you pick everything up and you... Makes complete stuff, sense. Right? There are a couple of reasons for this. So 
the bit the famous quote from the founder is that it's difficult to do business with someone on an empty stomach. If you're really hungry, you're just going to rush around with it and think about getting food somewhere else. Agree. So the idea is that people will feel satisfied when they start, or that they'll sit down in the middle of their shop, review their purchases, and then probably means they'll go, oh, and that, oh, and that. It and makes it sense. The list. It makes sense. It man's got man's it's, got sense. It's like a really subtle like profit enhancing exercise. Oh, I like it. So yeah, like I, it's one of those things that you don't really think about the location of the restaurant until you actually go there and you're like, oh, this makes total it sense. Makes complete sense. And it's the same at the end why they have the super cheap hot dogs and the ice cream. It's yeah. supposed to be like a reward. Let's let's talk meatballs then. Right. Okay. So we went. Yeah. Hi mate. Can I get uh, fifteen meatballs? Chips or mash, please. Uh, mash, please. Gravy. Ah uh, yes, and jam as well, please. Okay. Thank you. Obviously, I mean, I, a part of me wanted to order like loads of different stuff. Yeah. But the other part of me wanted to fully enjoy my meatballs experience. Although there was a very nice looking rotisserie chicken uh, special on the menu, I wasn't going for that either. No. I was there for the balls. I knew I didn't like the balls. But I was there for the balls. All right. They serve meatballs in 15s or 20s, which I thought was a very odd number. Well, it's it's weird because if if somebody handed you a bowl of that many meatballs, yeah. like if you're making meatballs at home to put in pasta, mm-hmm. how many are you having? Six? Is that with or without Marmite? Yeah, you're not putting... Six, <laughs> maybe, right? Yeah, you know you're what? not putting 15 meatballs in your pasta. You're not putting 20 meatballs in anything, yeah. When you think about it, it's actually obscene yeah, how many a lot. you get. Yeah, it's a lot. And you hoover them up. Yeah. The guy actually that's serving was very irate behind the counter. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of aggression. It was it was quite late on in the day, and I think he'd been he'd seen far too many meatballs that day. To be honest, an angry I, man. I think if you're him, you're thinking, why are all you people here on a Friday night? Go and do something else. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And we're there all chirpy. I know. With our mics out recording everything. Honestly. I took your lead, so you go for it. Right. So you grab your tray and you obviously you walk straight past all the desserts. Are you picking the desserts first? I I still it's can't odd. get on board with it. Yeah, I agree. And every time I walk past the dime cake, I think, oh yeah, I'll have a bit of that. And then I think, no, I'm about to eat 20 meatballs. Yeah. So I'm not going to want dime cake after that, which is true. I was most excited for you to try or retry the mash, mm-hmm. because you love mash. I love mash. But the mash at Ikea is particularly shit in a good way. Yeah, it's very school dinners. It's very school dinners. school dinners. There's so much salt in it. Yeah, it's great. But it's absolutely delicious. If you want to um, step back in time, basically you go to Ikea for dinner, because it does feel like that. The whole tray thing, all the metal, like the runners when you move your yeah. tray around. And, and it's just your... about serving people as fast as they can, right? Because the queue is always really, really long. I like it. Then you've got gravy. Yeah. You've got the lingonberry jam, which... They've now started, you self-serve that? Yeah, you weren't very happy about that. No, I think they've changed the consistency of it so it fits in one of those pumps. Is it it like... used to be, they used to give it to you and it was a bit chunkier. Okay. And I really liked that. Is it like when you get Coke syrup versus Coke bottles, for example, in the yeah. pub? Yeah, And it comes out a bit syrupy and he's like, oh, you've... Carl, Carl, you've done the levels wrong, pal. It was, it was more the consistency of like a sweet chilli sauce. Mm. Yeah, it which did, I, yeah. Which I hate. Oh, get this. This is your Swedish... Wild Swedish, and it's ling. Let me see if I can pronounce this right. Lingonberries. I, I must admit, right, that the lingonberry jam was a, a, a highlight. The flavor's good. The gravy was good. The lingonberry jam was good. I could have done with. Um, I could have done with a, a really two really thick slices of Hovis bread with loads of butter, with a bit of that lingonberry jam, with some of that some of that really? gravy in. And though the meatballs didn't blow me away, honestly. 
because of the vol the, the sheer volume of mm. how many were on my plate, I felt a bit like this is all going in me. This mm-hmm. is a bit mm-hmm. a bit much. Uh, I could have crushed up a couple of those meatballs, put in a little sandwich guy. A meatball, I came meatball sandwich. Very Do you know what interesting. I mean? Yeah, maybe just that'd be a good. Not, not a posh guy, not like a sub or anything. Just like mush them down, bit of, bit of butter on a bit of shit bread, lingonberry jam, a little slather in a gravy, but not not like a proper sandwich, like one slice folded over, like doubled over. Just so it's like a snack, like a snack. Here, we should try that because you can buy all the ingredients in the shop. You can, at the end. We, we didn't. There's one thing that looks worse than a plate of IKEA meatballs. It's a bag of frozen IKEA meatballs. I got my glass and paid for my glass and then went to get my refillable drink. Mm-hmm. You, like an amateur that you are, didn't. You turned up at my thing. You said, oh, where'd you get that from? Yeah, I, I forgot to get Absolutely glass. pathetic. We asked some people actually when we were there, what are you, uh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking about the old IKEA situation? If, if somebody came up to you in an IKEA restaurant mm-hmm. and asked to speak to you about the meatballs for their podcast. Yeah. You love IKEA meatballs so much. We're vegans, but you can, you can try. <laughs> yeah, is that... One is cheap. Yeah. Two, you can go on a Friday night and spend, I don't know, tenner on food meals and an alcoholic drink. It eases yeah. the... I think it eases the... It basically eases the pain of coming here to an extent. Like, it's more exciting now. The, the couple we talked about at the end, very passionate. Very, yeah. very... But do you know what? Passionate. It was a very diverse crowd, to be honest. Even though we said at the very beginning of this conversation that no one goes to Ikea just for dinner, out of the three groups of people that we spoke to, Two out of three have yeah. gone there just for dinner. Yeah. I, I respect him more having talked to the gentleman right at the end when he was talking about like how he like sees his granddaughter or whatever and they all meet up there because it's like an easy meeting point and he was talking about being like a relaxing setting for the child and all that sort of stuff. I was like, makes sense. Big car park, probably easy to get Relaxed, to, cheap as hell. Sophisticated way to have really good food. At affordable price. I mean, they have wine. I mean, I, I studied for my wine diploma, so... Yeah, we're talking about, like, the wine selection and how he was, like, he'd done his, like, sommelier test. I was like, yeah, I don't think you're... you're I don't think that's right. <laughs> we, we left the restaurant. We zipped through the uh, the marketplace thing. Mm-hmm. We got a couple lost, of little we? shortcuts. We got a little bit lost because I wanted a hot dog. Yeah, for the sake of the pod, I didn't mm. need one because I just eaten twenty meatballs. But I had a hot dog. Yep. It was absolutely delightful. And we discovered the hack, which is that if you get meatballs at the bistro at the end of IKEA, they are cheaper mm-hmm. than it, and you can get ten mm-hmm. than if you get them in the restaurant. The snack bar option, not the, the restaurant option. Uh, we'll round it off with this this statement: Lagom is a Swedish word that means not too much, not too little, but just right. And is that referring to the meatballs? Mm. Does not reflect the meatballs at all, because there's fucking loads of them on there. Yeah, I would argue it's actually completely factually incorrect. Completely way off the mark. Yeah, little Uber bike. Yeah. They're the lucky ones. Yeah. I'm just at the back. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, restaurant section this week? Yeah. We are back. Proper restaurant section. Proper classic. There's been a lot of media fanfare about this restaurant. Yeah, it initially caused quite a lot of outrage for me because this place appeared at the top of certain lists mm-hmm. from particular reputable food websites. Yes. And on that list should have been another one of our staple favourites. Beer and burger. Beer and burger. And we they, can't you. And they didn't appear they didn't on, quite, make the list. on quite a lot of them. I know, maybe they're the, like us, they're the outliers of the burger scene, but we're the outliers of the food media. But there was one particular restaurant and one particular item that was topping all of those lists. Yes. 
so we felt it necessary to go and check it out. Compton Arms, the Four Legs Kitchen at the Compton Arms. Compton Arms, 4 Compton Avenue, London, N12XD. It's a, um, a backstreet pub in Islington, just off Upper Street, which is kind of the main road that cuts through Angel Islington. Yeah, it's a pub, which, which I quite like, because actually a pub is not really normally the sort of restaurant section we would do, because you basically presume that all pubs are going to be fairly similar in their fare. Yeah, I always assume that pub food's going to be quite good in London, but it's never really that good. Well, what's interesting is that you are starting to see a lot of pubs now that are having sort of external parties come in and take over the kitchen. Yeah. So you've got like um, Club Mexicana at the Spread Eagle in mm-hmm. Homerton, yeah. who do all vegan Mexican food. That is like, that's just the food that the pub serves. Yeah. Lucky Chip as well on Essex Road is a bigger place. Yeah, like you have, it's not just a pub with a kitchen and they've got a chef and they're making, you know, standard pub menu, which I do quite like. Also, Compton Arms is funny because it's like a very Arsenal pub Mm. and it's quite quite like this trendy kitchen now made up of, um, like Four Legs is made up of Jamie Allen, who's formerly of uh, Hill and Schrock, which is a a butcher shop and restaurant on um, Broadway Market. Which which I think is fairly high end. Yeah, it's it's Hill and Schrock is not cheap. No, it's a very reputable place. Yeah, it's really good. And Ed McIlroy, who's formerly of Bow Fitzrovia, and uh, looks after the um, the pub at the the Gun, which is the one oh, in Well Street. Yeah. Oh, nice. So it's quite like a like a good makeup. People, they know what they're doing. And like you say, we we saw it doing the rounds, and kind of we wanted to investigate ourselves. It's nicely done. Do you know what's funny about it? Right, is that I couldn't work out if it was if it had recently been kind of gutted and renovated, like really recently. Because the outside, when you look at p- the pictures on Google Maps, right, it looks like very old pub frontage. Yeah, like that, like strip plastic sign and like all the hangings and stuff, like the signage hangings, whatever. All that's been stripped back, so now it's just like a basically like a cream box. I yeah, believe okay. I read somewhere that it used to be a Green King pub. Okay. And that it was a bit of a sort of a footy boozer, basically. Right, right, yeah. Okay. Um, and I think they have now renovated. Mm-hmm. It's kept that football reputation. Because it's funny, because I, re- I read a couple of reviews, and mostly the reviews were pretty pretty overwhelmingly positive. Right. Apart from some people who were like, we turned up here on a Saturday afternoon to have a nice lunch, and it was full of football fans. And it's like... You're, you're literally half a mile from the Emirates. Like, yeah. obviously there's going to be loads of football fans yeah. in there. They've got four TVs in there. It wasn't like a bougie gastropub, hate that word, like gastropub-y kind of thing. It wasn't like pretentious or anything like that. It was very real. It was very nice. There it were was, quite a few odd boys in there. Yeah, it was good. It, it, it maintained that like London old boozer thing. It, when, you, when you see that four legs duo, mm-hmm. who both have come from fairly high-end, quite particular genres of food, mm-hmm. You wouldn't expect them to be serving anything like a bit dirty, but this particular item that we'd read about, yeah, I would say is is pretty dirty. The Dexter beef cheeseburger. It's worth saying as well. Um, similarly to the IKEA visit, we went for one thing and one thing only. Yeah, we didn't want to test all the menu. No, nope. we didn't want to have multiple items, mainly because we're we're broke after Asia, but but also because we saw the the burger and we wanted the burger. Ten fifty a pop, which is decent. It's at the bottom of the menu, right? It's near the bottom. So it, it alludes to it being like the main of the menu. So it kind of like gears you up for it when you're reading the menu. So I think it kind of like sidesteps that problem a little bit. It's almost like they're saying, oh, you should get a few, couple of little plates to share. But this is but the obviously guy. you're going to get a burger exactly. as well. That's exactly. why you're here. Exactly. Uh, you're right. Can I get two cheeseburgers? Yes. Where are you sitting? I just run the back there. Yeah, uh, the one right by the middle. Yeah, you're waiting. Yeah. Um, Pantastate, Gary's, and the glass of House White. House White, yeah, no problem. That's 
20 more pounds. I've just got to wait for the card machine. There you go. And there's cutlery and napkins just over there. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. So Dexter breed meat, which is a breed of cow. Yes. From Yorkshire. From Yorkshire. The big chat we had was the burger sauce. That was the the boy. It was like a creamier version of McDonald's special sauce, but it tasted a bit more like MSG. I think a couple of people quoted saying it's like the Big Mac sauce that you used to have from McDonald's when you were a kid. Yeah, Hot Dinner said that. Are they assuming that I haven't had McDonald's since I was a kid? No, I think they're... I they're think very they're, wrong. I think they're talking pre-Jamie Oliver school dinners impact. They're talking... The heyday of fast food, when fast food was really actually shit before McCafe's and. But has the McDonald's Big Mac sauce changed? I think so. I think so. To be honest, you frequent a Big Mac more than I. I do, think so. I think everything has changed, mm. and I just think it changes so gradually that you don't really notice it changing. But I think it does change quite a lot. Yes, thank you. It smells amazing. It smells absolutely amazing. It looks, it looks insane. Can I eat it, please? And? Pretty damn good. <laughs> He's thinking. So this burger then, mm-hmm. let's talk structure. I don't know what kind of bun it was. It was interesting, wasn't it? Because it wasn't a brioche, but it did have a sort of like, a, it had a sponginess as a, like a brioche. I'm not a fan of a brioche, but it ha- it maintained like an old, bur- like, a, like a normal burger bun. <laughs> Clean. The bun is quite clean. Mm. The bun seems like not very like brioche. It is nice. Mm. It's sort of like slight fry on the bun. Is Everything about it screwed yeah. with brioche. The mm-hmm. glaze had a glaze on yeah. top. Yeah. But then you bit into it and it wasn't sweet like brioche? No, not at all. And it was it was spongy, but not like it was falling apart. And we're gonna use beer and burger as the reference point because that is that is podium spot. Mm-hmm. It was more bready than a beer and burger bun, I thought. Yeah. There's less meat in this one, I think, in the Compton burger. Do you? I think there's probably a a couple of grams less meat than there is in the beer burger burger. Interesting. I, I think there was more. I think the ratio of bread to burger is weighed more towards the bread in the Compton burger. The ratio was one of the things that was hitting it for me. Do you think we're getting too specific? I don't know what you mean. Uh, so after the bread, and then you have... It does taste, it does taste a lot like a Big Mac. When people, when people quote, oh, it's just like the Big Mac sauce, mm-hmm. you, you sort of go, oh, that's not, is it? But it was. It was, exactly. It was, it was very, very close. Um, Finally diced onions in there. And then some really good pickles. A lot of pickles underside of patty. Yeah. And I feel like the, um, the bite of the pickles, in part made, made up in part of the, how thick they were and how pickled they were, Absolutely fucking lit. I love that chopped, like, chopped onion in between the sauce. It was wicked. It was, it was, that was, the, that was honestly maybe the most enjoyable thing for me. I'm not really sure how. I want to buy of yours. <laughs> the big question, which I know everybody wants to know, does it beat beer and burger for you? Does it, does it knock beer and burger off the, the, the perch, the pedestal, the top spot? So I've been thinking about this. Go on. If I had to do a blind taste test, yeah, I think the Compton Arms Burger would probably. I think I'd probably prefer it. Wow! But for like, if I could only pick one to go to for the rest of my life, it'd be beer and burger. Fair. Is that in part because of the fries and the wings? No, we're talking sort of everything that's that okay. surrounds the experience. Okay. Right. I.e., beer and burger is absolutely masterful way of delivering their rocket hot food on a bike. Really, really hot. Yeah. More akin to having a dirty, dirty yeah, burger yeah. food. Yeah. 
Um, and also, frankly, just the choice of burgers you can have at Beer and Burger. Yeah, that's that's the thing, because the chicken burger is lit in Beer and Burger. And also, do you know what? All, despite Beer and Burger being called Beer and Burger, I don't like drinking beer with my burger. I'm going to say I'd rather have soft drink with a burger, and I feel yeah, like I could do that more in Beer and Burger because of the soft drink options than I could in the pub, because I feel like I have to drink a pint in the pub. Compton does veer into this, like, posh burger territory. A little bit. Is that, maybe that's more the surroundings, though. Beer and Burger, for me, is a bit more... Late night raucous. Yeah, I agree with that. Down. Yeah, I agree. With um, it was good. I, I'm not going to commit to saying which one's better because I, I, I'm really, un, I'm really unsure. That's absolutely pathetic. We've been actively going to different mm-hmm. places. You've got a list of places that you could be like, oh, well, if you want this, you have this. Yeah, because it's just a pub. Yeah, it feels weird to be like you have to go there. You have to go there. But honestly, you do have to go. Go, f- go for the burger. And also, I think the menu rotates, so I don't think the burger's going to be there forever. Worth saying as well that if you are not from London and you don't live in London, uh, the Compton Arms is quite a good option because Highbury and Islington generally is quite a nice area to hang out. It's a good, if you don't want to spend all your time like in Central or in the West End, nip up to Highbury and Islington and it's a good lunch spot. Yeah, good transport links. Good note. Uh, go and check it out. Um, if you do check it out, DM us on Instagram. Send us pictures of your burger adventures. Our Instagram is? At Set Meals Podcast. Tweet us. Let us know what you've been up to. Uh, we want to hear about your food adventures. Uh, we're going to be back next week, next Thursday. More guests, baby. More guests, more stuff happening, more chatting. Indeed. Cheers, Tay. See you later. See you next week. We're in the booth. Yeah. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Real prince bum really do. Four minutes of absolutely nothing recording there. Yeah.